0: This episode of the Bute Industry Podcast was brought to you by Bute Academy, the industry-recognized learning platform that makes it easier and more achievable to access unlimited industry mentoring and business education. Watch anywhere, cancel anytime. Claim your free 14-day trial at beautéacademy.com. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Bute Industry. Today's guest is Terry Vinson of Synergy Skin. Cosmetic chemist and founder of Synergy Skin Products, Terry Vinson holds a Bachelor of Science majoring in Immunology and Microbiology, a Postgraduate Diploma of Formulating Chemistry and a Diploma of Education in Biology and Senior Science, the Embodiment of Beauty and Brains. It wasn't until her early forties that Terry took the risk to open her own skincare clinic in Melbourne, which became the catalyst for formulating her own skincare range in 2005, which we know and love as Synergy Skin today, allowing her to marry her love for science, beauty, and education. As the formulator for Synergy Skin, Terry creates safe, active cosmeceuticals whilst providing specialist knowledge for both her brand partners and devoted Synergy clients. In accordance with her clean science philosophy, Terry is dedicated to designing products that protect, change, and nurture the long term health of the skin. The conversation today takes Terry and I to life as a startup business owner, product formulation, brand creation, and everything in between. Here's Terry and I for Bute Industry. Terry, welcome to the Bute Industry podcast.
1: Thank you, Tamara. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Terry, we start our podcast the same way each week by asking our guests to reflect on their beauty industry career. And you have had quite a career. Where did it all start for you? And how did you come to the point of being the founder of Synergy Skin?
1: It was a very long journey. I think um, I can probably take it right back to when I was a schoolgirl. I went to an all-girls school and I had an absolute passion for science. And this is back in the 1970s. Uh, You know, the girls were told, it was um, the nuns basically told my parents that girls didn't do science. Um, I was better off doing French and humanities and I loved science. And I had a really inspirational dad and he said to me, you do What you love. And it was the best advice. And I just forged ahead, loved it, ended up going to Monash Uni, did a science degree, and ended up teaching. So I was an educator for a while. I absolutely loved that. Um, But there was a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in me. So when I was teaching, I taught senior science and biology. Um, at a a Melbourne school and I um, started noticing that the girls um, were starting to ask me questions about grooming because I used to go to work and I had my hair done and nice clothes that they they like my clothes anyway and they said oh you know what makeup do you use and I thought well there's a bit of a gap here we can have a bit of a course after school so I had an after school sort of a grooming and makeup course and skincare and I ended up making money on it which was a huge surprise because I ended up sending off to L'Oreal for samples and they gave me samples and so the money that the parents gave for the course was clear profit and I told uh, I told the head of school that I'd made a profit the head of school said that the school had no place for entrepreneurs like me and I had to stop the course oh, immediately no so, yeah so the parents were really devastated so were the girls I did stop the course but there was a part of me that thought I love teaching I love education but there was such an entrepreneurial pull in me that I really I had to leave teaching so I ended up leaving and uh pursuing a business career and that was fantastic that's where i really earned my stripes in understanding negotiation understanding the numbers doing business presentations understanding computers back because they were back in the day they're very different Mm -hmm. now for you younger younger people but you know we, we i learnt my way there um then had my first baby and uh was absolutely missing the workforce but also loving being a mum so I started uh from my knowledge of science learning about formulating so I started creating little um products for my friends for my family for school fates and the product was called massage in a bottle <laughs> so <was> a <laughs> bottle that I decorated myself and I had I had moisturizers in it I had body oils and it was just a hobby but it was it was a clear passion and drive for me then uh, as the children got older i started working part-time and i worked for a leading um australian skincare company and i was their educator and also a formulator so i helped them make skin peels and educate their clients um and I stayed there for quite a while. I actually, loved that job, um, but then ended up going out on my own to work with plastic surgeons and doctors as an educator to help educate their clients on skin care, on procedures, and also being the liaison between the physician and the client. Because the physician often said to me, "Terry, you explain things in such simple terms. Can you help me do that?" So, and that was a, that was a lovely so sort of part of my career. But it was also um, something that wasn't very lucrative because it was at the start of when things started to go pear-shaped in the GFC. Mm. So then I had an idea. I had what's called my running away money. And I, I recommend every woman has her running away money. And I had about $40,000 saved. And I thought, I'm going to open a skincare clinic. I had the knowledge and ability to formulate my own products I loved people. I had a great knowledge of the skin. However, I wasn't a beauty therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also a need, and I'll be honest, in our family for me to really step up financially for a number of reasons. And so I got the courage and I said, I'm going to do this. And I took a great big leap of faith. I found a little empty clinic in a well, empty shop front in Camberwell, just opposite Camberwell Station in Melbourne. And that was the beginning of what was called Skin Formation Clinic. And that was, what, 17 years ago, well, 17 years ago now. I was just on my 40th birthday when I opened it. Wow. Incredible. What a story. and and that's how it all began and I I was the I was a formulator I started off with a few little products um, and it became a cult following the 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 ladies loved the range Um, they're also having some treatments I had a beauty therapist there as well I'm not a trained therapist but my love was the consultation process and also making my products Uh, and when the GFC hit they stopped having the treatments but they didn't stop buying the products. so that was kind of the start of synergy
0: Interesting. I mean, you've had such a career before Synergy, and then you've come and you've done so much in Synergy. I mean, it 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 really does blow my mind. I mean, there's kids in there, there's other businesses in there, there's education and science and GFC. I mean, wow,ee what a life you've had.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm probably at the you know. Compared to most of your listeners, I'm probably a little bit older. I'm, I'm, you know, in my mid-50s. I'm actually a little bit older than that now. And I started late. I was a late bloomer. I actually started really at 40 with with Synergy in the Range. Um, but I had such a wealth of experience behind me. And I think having all those different facets of my life, the education, the science, the business, business background, it really created a fantastic platform. And I think it gave me the confidence to really spring into this new business and, and create a success of it.
0: Yeah. Did you ever have any reservations? I mean, sometimes people are in their full-time job and they think this nine to five is too much. I'm going to go become a florist or a photographer or something. And, you know, we know that now is the side hustle, but you didn't go and become a side hustle. You went and became a multi-million dollar global business. I mean, did you have any reservations about leaving that kind of career and then starting this at, you know, 40 years of age?
1: Uh, I won't say I wasn't fearful there is that fear element and there, there's also, you know, I sat in the window at the little clinic looking for, waiting for a customer to arrive and thinking, what have I done? Mm. Um, and, but then you start to get your confidence built. Those customers start to, to believe in your products. And it's a gradual thing. It's not, it's, it's certainly, gosh, it's not an overnight success tomorrow. And, and you'd know that yourself with, with your business, we, we, we have a belief in a tenacity and a passion. And with that grows a business. Um, so, Yes, I was fearful, but I also had confidence in, in what I could deliver, the fact that I could formulate products and the fact that I had absolute passion and tenacity to do it
0: yeah I guess that's that's part of the problem isn't it sometimes I mean I've thought of many times creating my own skincare range or you know a professional peels range but it's it's the investment and the time and the money in actually going and formulating and what are the ingredients but you've really had that I mean, I'm not going to say luck because it's all of your education, and your research, but having that element already on your side that you can go, okay, here's a gap in the market. Here's what my clients are asking for. Now I can actually create it myself. Definitely helped.
1: I think I, I remember sitting in a, in a cafe waiting for my daughter to come out of a movie when she was quite young. Just before i started skin formation which was the clinic and, and then synergy began from that and i was thinking what can i offer the market what can i do and what's needed and there was a huge gap in the market for really effective cosmeceuticals back then back then there was a style of glycolic acid and ceramides but there really wasn't the niacinamide and the active c's and the active a's and i knew that there was a gap there i also knew that i could do it because i was a cosmo- I was a chemist and also a female formulator. And I think I really resonated with women and what women needed. And also the clean science element came in, which I knew what what women needed, not what I'd put on my skin or my children's skin. And that was a clear transition into what I should formulate.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to ask that because not being a beauty therapist and being in the treatment room and hearing from clients, their concerns and bits and pieces, you must have been quite a mindful leader and a mindful listener at that stage to still understand what the client is wanting from their products
1: and that really really interesting observation tomorrow because they would come in and I would actually ask them to bring their products in what they were currently using and we talked together about the ingredients and what these ingredients did I, I, I wasn't a fear monger by any means but I would explain that some of these ingredients weren't optimal and there were other ingredients that were better for them so we'd go through that together and I'd also explain to them and this is what beauty therapists should possibly do with their customers yes there are optimal ingredients but it's not to say that what you're putting on your skin now is going to kill you in two weeks that's not what we're saying it's like there are better choices and if you want to make those choices you can make them when you finish your product you can choose not to or you can start now and that was kind of what we the the type of conversation we'd have also being very mindful of what the client said was their concern they might walk in the door with a huge area of hyperpigmentation on their forehead but their concern was an oily t-zone so you have to listen to them and not say, oh, I can see exactly what your problem is. It could be end up being quite an awkward conversation and understanding their needs.
0: Yeah. And I so appreciate that from, you know, kind of a values and alignment perspective, because there are so many products out there and there are so many ingredients and we don't want to put the fear into clients and say, well, what you're using at the moment is wrong or that ingredients terrible when the client may have invested a small packet in that and they have been using it. And and I love that kind of word that you used It's transitioning from one range into another and giving the client the option when you're ready, let's have a look at these, you know. Perhaps something that can actually provide you a result that you're searching for, because if they're currently using something and they're not getting a result and they're in your space, well, then something along the line is not working, but we don't want to, yeah, fear or or put that kind of scarcity into their language
1: very it's very unhelpful to make people fearful in a conversation and and to me and you know my first life was as an educator a science educator so that's that's what I love I love being in that space where I'm empowering mainly women to make informed choices about what they choose to put on their skin and their children's skin if they choose my product that's great. if they don't that's fine because I've empowered them and at the end of the day that's what we should do as educators
0: Yeah, beautiful. I want to go back to your formulation um, for a moment. What was the first product that you formulated and and is it still around today? What does that look like?
1: Well, the first two really, but I would say the very first was my vitamin B serum and that is my cult product to this very day. It's had a few minor changes over the years with, with thickeners and, and the viscosity and, and the scent, but it's still pretty much the same product it was that I first formulated. And um, it just is such a multitasker. And I also have a way of adding other ingredients that actually amplify the effects of the vitamin B. Uh, and that was I knew that was going to be special because I remember when I would, would retail it, I'd say if there's one product you should have, because in those days after the first six months, I had about five products. I said, try my vitamin B serum. And they go, no, I want A, B and C. I said, no, just try this one. And I want you to come back to me in two weeks and let me know what you think. And it was really hard for me because, you know, I'd started a business. I wanted to sell them everything. But I knew if they they had their trust in me and my products, I'd keep them as a long-term customer. So they would come back after two weeks usually and say, oh, my gosh, what is this product? My skin is more hydrated, it's dewy, it's glowing. I'd even have people emailing me from overseas saying, can you send me some of that vitamin B serum to England? And I knew I was onto something. And this little clinic, the skincare range became a, became a bit of a cult following and people were coming back to, to buy and, and the vitamin B was the clear hero of the range back then. Yeah. still is.
0: And, and I would say you were one of the very kind of first skincare companies that I noticed that was doing a pure B. You know, I know a lot yes. of ranges that were doing the A, C and E. But for me, when mm-hmm. I saw Synergy B, I thought, oh, okay, as a therapist, I need to research this. What does this do? And and why would we have a B? And and yeah, I think you've kind of paved the way for a lot of other product houses in that respect.
1: Well, thanks. I'm really appreciative you said that because I, I, I do like to think that synergy and and when I see when I see a supply with a new ingredient I can see the potential in an ingredient and there's a lot of products I bought out and sometimes because I'm a I'm a an Australian business I haven't got the loud voice of the big international players but I've been at the forefront of a lot of these new ingredients for vitamin b for um, ingredients that balance the microbiome for ingredients that that stop um, uh, p- p- pollution and find particulate matter penetrating the skin so it's sometimes I've come a bit too early blue light protection I started that what five or six years ago and um, at a dermatology conference, the iron oxides in my makeup was protecting from blue light damage and all the dermatologists were saying, Oh my gosh, this is a big thing. We're seeing all this protection from melasma with blue light protection. So I started that years ago and now we're seeing at the you know the front windows of the big department stores blue light protective products. And it's like, ah, oh, I did that years ago. But you know, <laughs> it's I, I love that. I love the fact that that I, I was sort of at the forefront of all those things.
0: Yeah, and it really does show you that you are very innovative if, you know, kind of 10, 15 years later, it comes back and now it's trending, you know, it's almost like mum's old jeans. Mum was cooler than we are, but now we're wearing the, her old jeans again, you know, it's so funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing is the FDA has now banned um, uh, certain um, chemical sunscreens, um, oxybenzone, for example, because of the effect on the coral reefs. Now, I've been banging on about that for years as well and, and talking about zinc oxide as your primary um, sun protector for UVA, UVB, and it's only now the FDA is noticing that and actually banning it from Hawaii and Palau. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting how all these, these things come out years later.
0: After the break, Terry dives into the meaning of synergy, how she defines clean science, and why she is so transparent in the way she formulates and travels through business. But first, I'm jumping in here to let you know about our newly launched subscription platform, Butte Academy. Business owners, you learn, you create, you build, and you lead. And when you do, you influence the people around you, including your team and your clients, and the world becomes a better place. We help you do this through Beauty Academy, our revolutionary platform, which gives you direct access to the industry's best business training anywhere and anytime. Often described by our members as Netflix for the professional beauty industry. Beauty Academy gives you exclusive access to over 100 interactive videos, which have been produced by over 250 leading industry experts and industry names, you know, and love from across the country, including our lovely Terry Vinson, Emma Hobson, Maria Kocieloni, Chisar Westcar, Jessica Brigginshaw, Carla McDermott, and so many more, which makes this the ultimate mentoring platform for beauty business owners. Beauty Academy is the industry first recognized learning platform that makes it easier and more achievable to access unlimited industry mentoring and business education for your beauty business catered specifically to the professional beauty industry. Monthly updated, frequently added, easy to use and down to earth interactive video content and lessons from experts, educators, mentors and coaches of the professional beauty industry. Why have one coach when you can have them all? Watch anywhere, cancel anytime. Claim your free 14-day Beauty Academy trial by heading to www.beautyacademy.com. And now back to Terry. Now, I'm wondering if you can talk to the name of Synergy. How did the word Synergy resonate with you so much that you wanted to create a brand in its name?
1: It was the minute the word came into my head, it it was like a thousand yeses in my body. It was incredible. It's, a, it's about the synergy of the ingredients. As a chemist, the ingredients have to work together properly. You can't just throw in an active ingredient, a thickener, a preservative, and hope for the best. The, the ingredients have to work in synergy within the product. Then the active ingredients have to work in synergy with our skin cells. And as a biologist, I knew that and I knew how to create products that actually had a biological impact. And then there's a synergy between the skincare and the makeup. So the makeup is to me, the final step in a good skincare routine and Synergy Skin and Synergy Minerals, were like a family. So Synergy just resonates. It's about things working together and the individual parts uh, together are greater as a whole.
0: Yes, and and I I love what you've said there in saying, when I heard the name and when I felt the name, it was a thousand yeses because sometimes I think we go into making decisions and we feel like, oh, should I, should I not? And we kind of sit on the fence. And for me, I know if I'm sitting on the fence and if I'm saying maybe about something, then it's generally a no. But I love that you've said that everything in me said yes and that's what you went with.
1: And I think that's what, and I sh- you know, shouldn't generalise, but women are fantastic with intuition. And as business women and leaders, to follow you, your gut is such an important thing. And the, the number of times I've thought, oh, I, I think this is what my gut's telling me, but you'd go against it because maybe it wasn't as logical as, as you think as, as, a, as a businesswoman. And I've always regretted that. So when it's a thousand yeses, go for it.
0: Yeah, amazing. Now I want to come back to, you mentioned before, clean science. Again, you're at the very forefront of this, talking about it 10 years ago before, you know, all of this green beauty and green labeling kind of came out and is now trendy and cool. What does it mean to you to have a clean product but still have that scientific results proven background?
1: I think it was important for me because that was the big gap in the market when I, when I actually coined the phrase clean science and I IP'd it. And to me, it's as important what you don't put in products as what you do. And I felt I had a duty of care to my children and to my future customers to make sure the products performed at their very, very best, but without the ingredients that I deemed as questionable. I'm not gonna to say toxic or dangerous, but just not the ideal product ingredients I wanna to add to my products. They had to be scientifically active. They had to have the evidence. As a scientist, I won't formulate anything unless it's got the evidence and at the correct dosage. But by the same token, my uh, excipient ingredients, my thickeners, my preservatives, my antioxidants have to have a clean safety profile. And it's the harnessing of, of the science and the nature together that make it the best product it can be. It could be synthetic. Some of my peptides are made in a the laboratory. They're not, they're not out of plants, but they've got no negative safety profile and they're highly effective. So it's science and nature in synergy.
0: Beautiful. I love that. And it's really thinking about almost a holistic point of view. Like when, when we leave the earth, we want to have at least footprint as when we came on. And, and it is too about thinking about the future. And I love what you're saying there. I want my children to be safe. I want my clients to be safe. And, and I really appreciate that from a formulator because sometimes they're just like, let's go the results and let's do this. But you've kind of thought about it um, in a very, uh, very whole way, if I can say.
1: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, Synergy is over 10 years old and, you know, now we're seeing a lot of product brands pop up and create a social media following. All of a sudden, overnight, they're on 50,000 followers and they've got a product range. But how did you market and create traction when we didn't have the landscape of Instagram and social media, yet you still be able to travel through and create a global business?
1: It was a very different world back then. Um, I would be the person that had a bag of skincare and makeup samples. I would catch a plane anywhere in Australia if there was one opportunity for a doctor or a clinic to take my range. Um, I started off being a medical range and it was me. I was the graphic designer, the salesperson, the formulator, uh, the sales consultant, the educator. I was, I was it because I had nobody else in my team. So I would say I grew very organically or I grew organically from, start, from the very start. But then I had a, a really wonderful, I would say a lucky break. Everybody's got their fork in the road moments. And I had this wonderful lady in Hong Kong, who was had a very high profile and loved my vitamin B serum and my mineral makeup. And she absolutely pushed it to her, to her market and said, this stuff is great. It's clean. It's effective. And that was the beginning of of when synergy exploded. And, but back in the day, her orders were tiny. I mean, I would be in my, in my little, um, uh, area warehouse packing and if there was a thousand dollar order I'd get excited and say we can eat tonight <laughs> and today the orders obviously are a lot bigger but but it grew organically I didn't have those followings I had it was word of mouth I'd go to schools I talked to parents about skincare for their teenagers about skincare for themselves um, I'd, I'd have people to to um, my warehouse and talk about things there so there wasn't the social media that there is now um, there was the odd magazine article that I was featured in. Um, I remember I was in the Melbourne Weekly back in the day, but it was organic. You didn't have the reach that you have now. We're very fortunate as brand owners um, and as influencers to have that that amplification of our voice and to be able to reach more people. It's, it's a wonderful time.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. Now, you said you've gone from just yourself wearing all of the hats. I'm curious to know, what was the first hire that you made?
1: Um, the very first hire I made, and she's still with me to this day, is, um, is Zoe. So uh, Zoe was uh, like my right-hand girl, my operations person, and she was the one that, that would um, help me with the orders, um, help me process. This is in, in synergy days, not skin formation days. And um, I needed somebody, I needed an, a person that I could bounce ideas off because, you, you, as, as you know, when you have your own business, the one thing often that's lacking is somebody else's opinion. We don't know if we're on the right track sometimes. And Zoe was a great sounding board for me. She's also incredibly organised and she is such a great negotiator. So she was my first. And then, then after that, I had um, some BDMs and uh, then I started with uh, customer service and then my beautiful marketing team who I couldn't do without uh, and it's sort of evolved from there. And Now I've got a manufacturing facility in Melbourne and we we manufacture, we pack, we fill, we dispatch, everything's done from Melbourne.
0: Amazing. Now <clears throat> pardon me, one of our butate industry, actually I think two butate industry community members said At the last Melbourne Brunch where you were so kindly a guest for us, they said tomorrow we're actually going in to have a look at the Synergy Factory and we get to walk around in there and we get to see the laboratory. Have you always aimed to be such a transparent formulator and business owner in that respect?
1: Uh, Yes, I would say if you were to ask my friends uh, and my family about me, I'm I'm described as a very transparent person anyway, so it's not in my nature to have a business that's smoke and mirrors. Um, if I if I have a business or even in my personal life, I like to be open to everybody, and I wanted an open door policy at Synergy. If we're manufacturing on a day and we, we won't do a tour on that day because if we have to have a clean, we've got an ISO um, accredita- accreditation. But when we're not, we can invite people in, we can walk them around. I would lo- I'm so proud of the fact that we are a hundred percent Australian owned business. We can have people come in, we can they can see the end product, they can see all the thousands of products on the shelves ready to go out all over the world and supporting our our economy and supporting Australian jobs. And I don't want to, to be secretive. I want people to see that and I want people to see the process and know that we are the real deal here at Synergy.
0: Yeah, you must love the um, the kind of trending A beauty movement now being a fully Australian company because, you know, globally, they're looking at Australia for these beautiful ingredients and native kind of ingredients that we have. Has that movement had an impact on Synergy, do you think?
1: Absolutely, particularly um, the Hong Kong market. And they are absolutely loving the purity. And it's, it's also authenticity. They feel that there is a transparency about Australian products um and and of course the the botanical ingredients but also there's a huge respect for the science that goes behind Australian made products even I was speaking in Las Vegas a few years ago and we were formulating with a peptide that had only just been heard of in America and I'd been using it for two years and they came they made a beeline for my stand and said have you got this particular peptide and it's like yes I've been using it and they were just gobsmacked and they said oh you're an Australian scientist wow we want to talk to you and and I felt so proud that i was one of the australian scientists that could come to america and feel like i was giving them the information first it was a great feeling
0: incredible and so as you said before you know nothing's an overnight success however i think with social media these days everything looks so shiny and glossy and glamorous out there what have been some of the challenges that you've gone through with synergy or even in your previous life prior to
1: oh there have been so many challenges there have been look i've made so many mistakes but i've got to say that i've i've learned from them I, I i think also going into areas in that you're probably not suited to at the time you think you are i i went i i had a brief foray with perfumes for a little while and i decided to get into some fragrances because i thought i could make a natural fragrance and thought oh this is going to be wonderful no EDTA no artificial fragrance it was a complete disaster um, because fragrances are very driven by the fragrance houses and they're very personal and that was a great learning curve for me it's like stick to your knitting terry do what you're good at don't try and diversify into areas that you think you can do when you really can't or if you can't get experts to help you uh, another area I went into um, at the time was hair care I created a, a hair growth serum which actually was quite effective but I had no reach to hairdressers mm. and and so that that particular product we ended up deleting because again I wasn't sticking to my core brands which were skincare and makeup so you know there are a lot of challenges along the way, also competitors. International competitors, particularly, um, and and you know, there's also IP issues. Uh, when you create a name for a product, you have to make sure that it's protected. And I've had problems with people using my names in their products with with me owning the IP on the name. Um, and there's, nice. they've always been resolved amicably. But by the same token, you know, you have to when you IP a name, you have to make sure it's protected. Um, so there's there've been a few issues over the over the years there, but all good learning curve stuff, really.
0: Yes, amazing. I'm wondering then, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned? Because we go through so many of these, you know, what is typically seen as a failure or a challenge. But I love to take the blessing out of every lesson. And I'm wondering what's yours been?
1: Um, well, firstly, be, do the best you can with the areas you have the expertise in. And if you haven't got the expertise, surround yourself by experts. And I think part of the thing is for, for being a leader, it's no longer about being the tough person, the, the impenetrable person. To me, it's about being able to be vulnerable and being humble and asking for help when you need it, particularly with your own team. And I think I, I, I would like to call my team a very collaborative group of people. We we get together every week for a meeting, we make decisions, I defer to them, I delegate to them. And I think the minute I learned to truly delegate and let go of things and not hold everything so close to my chest, synergy really began to explode. And I think as a leader, we need to be vulnerable, surround ourselves by experts and delegate. And I think the biggest learnings of a leader is to do those things and stay curious. Always ask questions because you'll never learn if you don't stay curious.
0: Yeah, it is a tough line to walk though, because especially in your sense and in my sense too, when we've been the head person in the business and we know how to do everything, not everything perfectly, but we've been doing a lot of things and then to try and delegate out and to have that work that we know we would do 100% to get our employees to, you know, share our passion or complete it to their 100%. Sometimes my kind of OCD and perfectionism freaks out a little because that delegation process, I want to make sure that the final work and the projects is being completed. How did you navigate that?
1: That was really difficult. I have to say, it was really difficult. There were things that I I gladly gave away, and that was um, balancing the books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and um, and obviously the graphic design. I wasn't doing it, but I was collaborat- collaborating in that. But I think for me, the hardest thing that I found was to delegate the education because. In my heart, I'm an educator, but I couldn't be everywhere. And I used to go to clinics and talk about the products and the the benefits of the ingredients. Then I would go overseas and do workshops. And I was spreading myself too thin and, and quite honestly, I was exhausted and becoming very overwhelmed. And uh, I have the most wonderful global educator now, Claire, and she absolutely allows me to um, to shine as a leader because is able to deliver the message of synergy to people and and I I just can't do that anymore so that was my biggest sort of let go if you like is to let go that the education uh, I ha- I will not let go of formulating because that's what I absolutely love to do so I am still the formulator to every percentage of the products but I've also got a great lab manager and a lab team to work with so, so they can create my, my beautiful prototypes. And after anywhere between six months to a year, they'll end up on the shelves.
0: Beautiful. And it sounds like for you, having a supportive team and having the right people to surround you, it kind of frees you from that scarcity of the delegation because you, you so whole, wholeheartedly trust them and they align with what you're doing that that probably takes away some of the pressure.
1: I absolutely am so blessed with my team. Uh, I think, apart from the skill set that they possess, it's their values and aligning the values of, that they have with Synergy. And uh, one of the other great learnings I had um, in the last few years, in particular, was when I employ people, I employ them based on their personalities and their ability to work with the team and their values that of course they have to have certain skills but if they don't have if they only have 70% of the skills we can teach them the rest but if they don't align culturally with synergy they won't last um so i think it's it's become really important to me to do that and hence i have a great team we share values and we also share a lot of laughs i mean there's days where we just it's it's a light atmosphere we know when to get serious but we also have fun and i think a lot of teams need to have fun during their day and it's it's i just i just love it i love my meetings there's a lot of laughs but we also achieve a lot at the same time
0: gorgeous and um you mentioned there that you you love the education and you have that education background i'm wondering if we could be a little bit cheeky and if i could um ask that if you could teach a beauty or a dermal therapist three things about the skin that perhaps they could share with their clients what would those three things be
1: Well, okay, let me have a think. Uh, I would say the first thing I would explain or or teach a dermal therapist is not to over-treat the skin because my immunology background is there's a fine line between creating just enough inflammation for a response, a fibroblast response um, to stimulate collagen or even a growth factor result, but then too much inflammation, for example, over-peeling over-needling, I think needling is great, but you can do too much of it, triggers that inflammatory response where you get the free radical damage to the skin. So there's a fine line between treating a client to get optimal results, particularly with skin peels, for example, or over-treating the skin and then we end up with damage. So I think um, also the therapist is the one that has the expertise and I think often the client's May over Google and come and say, "I need a you know seventy percent lactic acid peel today," and we'd say, "No, you know it'll be too inflammatory for you. You need to start low and build yourself up and have less treatments." So I think don't over treat the skin. The second thing I would like the beauty therapist to be aware of is the, mo- is the importance of the microbiome of the skin. And I th- I, not many people realize, but we, know, we all know the skin is the biggest organ of our body, but we have 10 times more bacterial cells on the surface of our skin than we do skin cells. Wow. So if we consider the skin as the largest organ and there's 10 times as many bacteria, Possibly the microbiome is now the largest organ because there was recently a conference in Europe and they were talking about the microbiome as being an organ of the body. If those bacteria are not in balance, the good and the bad together, and we absolutely need the bad because that keeps our immune system ticking over. If that's not in balance, we have all sorts of problems in our skin. There's acne, there's inflammation, eczema, psoriasis, all sorts of chronic skin conditions if we really get down to it and really balance that microbiome by using ingredients like pre and probiotics on the skin, but also looking at not stripping the skin, that's a fantastic start. And I'm very passionate about that. And I think the third thing is, and I alluded to this earlier is listen to your client, sit down with your client, give them a mirror if you, if you, if you want to say what concerns you, what, what, what would you like to do for your skin and, and not make assumptions. And I think the, the conversation between a client and a therapist and the trust is probably the most important element of the first meeting with that client it's not necessarily the products you give them it's not necessarily the treatments you recommend it's that relationship and that trust you build with that other person like any relationship
0: gorgeous I think that's beautiful advice thank you so much now I hear that you have written a book can you tell me about the book
1: well, it's, uh, it's not published yet, but it is finished um, and I'm very excited about it. Um, it's an area of expertise that I feel confident it is about skin um, and it'll be released later this year. So I, I'm, I'm very excited. Still, it's still um, uh, a few, few um, months to go with editing and choosing a cover and everything, but uh, it's a go. I'm very excited.
0: How exciting. Was that always something that you knew you had in you? I remember, um, and one of your good friends, actually, I listened to a podcast, Emma Isaac says, everybody has a book in them. Did you feel like you always wanted to go down the writing pathway?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, I, and it's funny, I I always thought that too, everybody has a book in them. And you know, when I'm in a coffee shop, sometimes I look, I look at and I thought, I think everybody's got a story. Mm -hmm. nobody's more or less interesting than the next person and it's just about getting it down on paper um and yeah we've all got a book in us I I knew that I wanted to write a book and obviously what I could share with with people would be my knowledge of the skin and it's it's a myth-busting no-nonsense book for somebody who's really interested in having their best skin possible uh and I'm really proud of it but it's, um, there is a book in everyone. I think it's just having the discipline to sit down and set aside a little bit of time each day and, and write it.
0: Gorgeous. Well, I'll make sure that we link um, in the show notes that book once it comes out so that our audience can click on through and um, add to cart. Thanks, Tamara. That'd be great. <laughs> Beautiful. Terry, thank you so much for spending your morning with me this morning. I so appreciate all your time and your knowledge. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you on the
1: podcast. Thank you so much, Shamara, and
0: that's my pleasure. Thank you. What a special human. I love this conversation with Terry. As you can probably tell, she is super humble and easy to talk to, and you can just hear how passionate she is about keeping skincare and ingredients transparent while educating both clients and therapists who recommend and use the brand. Just to recap, Terry's three education points when talking to clients are to not overtreat the skin, have a sound understanding of the skin's microbiome, and lastly, to listen to your client. All great pieces of advice. As mentioned during our conversation, I'll keep our show notes up to date with information and purchase date of Terry's book titled Skin Formation The Science of Beautiful Skin Made Simple, written by Terry Vinson, which will be available come August 2020. Thank you so much for your time tuning in this morning. As always, if you've loved today's episode, feel free to leave us a little review and rating in your podcast app. Or if you love us that little bit more, you can take a screenshot and share it across your socials, tagging us at Beautay Industry and at Terry underscore Vincent or at Synergy Skin. To keep up to date with all of the latest episodes, make sure you subscribe in your podcast app. If you listen on iTunes or follow if you're over on Spotify. Until next time, stay connected.